Alabama fan hugged the Auburn fan. Can you believe it? He didn't mean it, though. Miracles do happen. (laughs) Miracles do happen. Well, it is a pleasure and a joy to be here at Restoration Church this morning. And thank you, Pastor Jamie and Tara, for opening up your uh, pulpit for me this morning, making space and room uh, to be here with you. And it was such a, a pleasure to be with Legacy Women this weekend at the uh, Radisson Hotel. It was such a beautiful, beautiful time that we had together for two days, just soaking in um, all the wonderful things of the Lord and um, at laughing and eating together. And it was, it was wonderful. You are a beautiful group of women. And um, obviously, it was the heart and soul of this beautiful church. And um, it, it was just a wonderful, wonderful time. And um, one of uh, the greatest uh, pleasures that I've had all month. So I appreciate you opening up uh, your uh, church uh, for a few, a couple of days. And it is such a pleasure to be with my long time, like long, long, long time, like we're old. <laughs> Longtime friend, Monica Moore, dear. I, I still call her Monica Moore because I knew her as Monica Moore when we were just teenagers. And so for 36 years, um, uh, we have um, plowed the ground together and done all the things together. And it's just been so much fun. Um, we've made a lot of a lot of memories, and um, lot, we've done a lot of singing, traveling, ministry together, and she was such a vital part of our church plant from the very beginning. And uh, um, it, 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 it just, relationships are everything. Relationships are everything. And I can already tell what a beautiful community that Restoration is um, establishing as part of the foundation of who you are and who God's called you to be to this community. And it's vital, and I am going to be talking about that this morning. So over this last year, I've had a huge transition in my life, and I took the role. I've been in full-time ministry for 30 years, pastoring for most of those. And in January of this year, I took a full-time role with the Inspire Project as the Partner Development Director. And that is just a fancy word for, I helped to raise funds for the Inspire Project. The Inspire Project is a, uh, a global missions project that ministers to girls and women all across the globe. And uh, we believe that the next girl matters. And we believe the next girl matters in Marcellus. And we believe the next girl matters uh, matters in Mumbai. And uh, we are working very diligently to bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, to women all over the world and also to inspire Jesus girls Girls who already know Jesus, give them the tools that they need, equip them um, with the message that they need to do their own work and their own inspiration in cities all over the world. And so we began just five years ago. I was on the board when we began five years ago, but we we began five years ago. And and this last year, as I uh, took on this role, 
of traveling, speaking, raising awareness for this amazing global missions project. We started with three locations. This year, we're doing nine locations and conferences, just like what your women experienced this weekend. That's what we do across the globe. Nine locations this year. And next year in 2024, we're doing 20, uh, we're doing 15 locations and we have five more in the waiting, but as more people say yes to the next girl, then we're, we're able to say yes to the next location. So I'd love to just share more about that after, after the service. Uh, meet me at the table. I have partner packets, more information about that. But this morning, I have the opportunity to be able to bring the Word of God to you. I had somebody ask me, are you preaching to the women? No, I'm preaching to everybody this morning. That's who I'm preaching to this morning. And uh, I have three boys, and uh, two of my, uh, or my two of the three, I still have a 17-year-old at home, but my 28-year-old is a pastor, my 24-year-old is a pastor, and we'll see what ends up happening with my 17-year-old. Uh, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens, but um, I am going to be uh, talking to you this morning about faithfulness. Look at your neighbor and say, Faithfulness. Look at your other neighbor and say, by faith, (laughs) by faith. Well, you know, I'm going on 40 plus years loving and serving Jesus Christ. And um, almost 30 of those have been uh, committed to the local church. I love the local church, Pastor Jamie and Tara. The local church is where it is at. Jesus said he was coming back for his bride. And this is a representation of the bride of Christ this morning. This is how we continue to get the good news of Jesus Christ out to not only our around the block, but also around the word. It's the local church that does that. And I am telling you, the more that I do life, Pastor Jamie and Tara, the more that I do life, the more that I do ministry, the less impressed I am by charismatic personalities, by talented worship leaders, and I love worship leaders, teachers and preachers, but I have become more and more and more impressed by what I call the steady eddies and the steady beddies. I am super impressed with those people who show up early in the morning and they stay till the last door is locked. I'm super impressed by those that have no agenda except to serve. I'm super impressed by those that are much more, uh, um, much more in- interested in not how many followers that they have, but how faithful that they are going to be. The easily Instagrammable, the notable, the whatever you fill in the blank, don't impress me much. <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be real. Can I be real this morning? My goal in life is not to be a Facebook apologist. My goal in life is to be a faithful daughter. And I want to be a faithful mother who reminds her children that it's worth everything to lay down your life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's worth everything to be found faithful. And that's what I want to talk about the next 22 minutes. Faithful over fearful, Restoration Church. Faithful over feelings. 
Faithful over followers. Faithful over being famous. Faithful over fake. You see, the faithful win. The faithful win. Because at one point, at some point in your life, when you're no longer breathing, you will be standing before the Father. And it should be every, every believer's passion and purpose and eternal promise that they stand before their heavenly Father, longing for Him to say, well done, my good and faithful servant. I think that Monica is going to help me out here, and Dustin maybe. I'm not sure who's helping us. Um, you know, there's a great hymn of the church that is awesome. And, and some of you may not know this hymn, but I feel like probably you've heard it at some point uh, in your life, uh, maybe just from your grandmother or, or someone. But as I uh, was writing this message many months ago, and, and I've shared this countless times already, I can never not do this as part of this uh, uh, sermon call it an illustration. I'm not sure. But when I began to think about the words of great is your faithfulness, I think it's such a great opportunity to pause and remind ourselves that this is why we do what we do. Great is thy faithfulness, oh God, my Father. no shadows of turning with me. Thou changest not thy compassions they fail not as thou hast been thou Dustin, it's a great reminder of what it is that we get to do. We get to show up and be found faithful. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is our Father's faithfulness to us. And why is it so important that we be found faithful, Restoration Church? 
Number one, God is faithful. But number two, Jesus is coming back for a faithful church, a faithful bride. And I love what Priscilla Shire says um, in one of her messages. She uh, encourages us and, and challenges us and warns us that believers abort the process of remaining faithful in their current season. You know, seasons come, seasons go. And here in Michigan, I lived in Michigan for three years, so I know the seasons of Michigan. I know how long winter is. I know that by the springtime, you are absolutely ready to come out of the cocoon, ready to come out of the cave, that you are longing for the beginning of the spring season here in uh, Michigan. And seasons come and seasons go, and that is the beauty about a season, Pastor Jamie, is it doesn't last forever. It doesn't last forever. But the thing that you have to remember is your faithfulness needs to last through every single season of your life. What difficult seasons, circumstances, situations are going to come and go, but it is you that must remain faithful because God is faithful. His faithfulness endures the generations is what Psalms 118 tells us. And it is not if the storm comes restoration, but it is when the storms come. The storm is going to come. It is going to happen as part of your life, your your everyday life, your married life, your widowed life, your 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 children life, your parent life, all those things. The storms are going to come in and out of each of the seasons, but we must know how to hold our footing. We prayed about it this morning in your pre-service prayer. Your foundation of your home, of your heart must be strong. You must be found faithful. And I know as heartbreaking, I've done church ministry for years. My mom and dad, they're, they're servants. They're deacons of their church. They are trustees of their church. My 113-year-old church, my dad has served since he was a little kid in that church. And I call my mom and dad lifers. They're lifers. They love, they are local church lifers and they love the local church. They They have modeled to me a life of faithfulness, loving the bride of Christ. And it's heartbreaking whenever I see people aborting that process of remaining faithful. And I know that represented here in Restoration Church this morning, that there are first-generation Christians. Many of you are the first person in your family to ever love and serve Jesus. And it is it absolutely excites me so much to know and to, and to understand and know the potential and know that, you know, even that 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 uh, green shirt that Pastor Jamie had on this morning, that verse that's on the back of that shirt, that's my life verse. Psalms 145.4, let each generation commend his mighty acts to another. As a first generation believer, you have the ability to be able to change the trajectory of your family's life by you choosing Jesus. You have the opportunity to change your children and your children's children by your yes to remain faithful. Matthew chapter 7, 
Uh, and we're not going to go there, but I encourage you to read Matthew chapter 7. The, the gospel, the word of God is the greatest gift that I can give you this morning. I told that to the ladies. Again, I don't want it to, anything to be Instagrammable or, or, or famous or, 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 or Facebook famous or whatever. The greatest gift that I can give you is to, to, to give you the word of God. And in Matthew chapter 7, it gives us so many uh, amazing truths of being able to be found faithful as a believer. So I encourage you to go back and read that. It, it gives us uh, insight on, on why we shouldn't judge others, um, uh, why we should ask, because the, because uh, it says that ask and it will be given. Uh, it talks about the golden rule, the tree and its fruit, and, and building your house upon the rock. And so that's what I want to talk about for just a few minutes this morning is Matthew chapter 7. Verses 24 through 27, the wise and the foolish builders. We talked about, I just thought it was so interesting this morning, talking about foundation, uh, talking about the foundation of Restoration Church. And, you know, this is a great passage of Scripture to be reminded of with that thought in mind. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came, the storms rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Restoration Church, it is imperative that you build your foundation strong, that your foundation is found on faithfulness. You know, I have a great illustration that um, I think that they're going to show now. This is um, a, this is Mexico Beach, Florida. And back in 2018, Hurricane Michael, this is very close to where I grew up in South Alabama. Um, uh, and, um, it's just probably about two hours. If we'll go back to that other picture, Hurricane Michael, when it came through, it literally, you see, it just annihilated, uh, Mexico beach. And they're still in recovery mode now, even in 2023, they still are sending teams. Convoy of Hope still sends teams down here to, uh, Mexico beach. But that house that's right here in the front, can I just tell you that that house That house was built, I think it said 2013. You can actually YouTube the video. That house was built with a foundation of concrete. It was concrete that that house was built with. And so it is, it is not going anywhere. It it had the best of everything in that house. And I want you to look at it. Look, this is the pictures of just a day after the storm. Y'all. The lawn furniture is still on the porch. Look at it. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like buildings are, are just absolutely blown away. And we still see the patio furniture on the porch there of this house. But I want you to notice something even more about this. This is the thing that struck me, Pastor Jamie, about this picture. Look at the house behind it. Look at the house behind it. It's still standing. This is why community is important. Being able, (laughs) 
Not only do we must, we must build our foundation of faithfulness as a believer in Jesus Christ, it needs to be built of concrete. It needs to have some value and truth and absolutes in our life. But I'm going to tell you something. When you begin to build a strong house as a believer, you begin to build a strong home as a believer, you begin to lead your home, moms and dads, as a strong believer, it affects everybody around you. That's why neighbors are so important, right? Do you get what I'm saying, Restoration Church? So you better pick good people to live beside, right? You need to do life. You need to join arms with amazing people beside you because it may be your neighbor that pulls you from the miry clay. It may be your neighbor that pulls you up whenever you are in a season of a storm and reminds you to remain faithful, to remain faithful. And you know, the longer that I serve Jesus... Uh, unfortunately, I've seen others who are no longer serving Jesus around me, and it's heartbreaking. Where are the saints that remain? I want what it to be said of Restoration Church is that church is a church full of faithful people. Because we know that it is not if the storm comes, but when. It is not if Satan is going to attack you or your family, but it is when he is going to attack you. It is not if it happens, but when it happens. And I'm not being the doomsday preacher today. That's not what, that's not my intent in any way, shape, or form. But it is a moment where I want to encourage and deposit in Restoration Church that this morning that it is imperative as a believer in Jesus Christ that we learn to deal with the but wins with a declaration of by faith. By faith. Look at your neighbor and say by faith. Look at your other neighbor and say, by faith. Now look at them and say, but when? By faith. But when? By faith. So it's not if the storm comes, it's when. And you're going to be able to remind yourself, because guess what? You don't always have people around you when you're in the middle of chaos. You're going to be able to remind yourself It's a but-win situation, but I'm going to speak to it, and I'm going to remind it, it is by faith. It is by faith that I am saved. It is by faith that I've been called. It is by faith that I will press towards the mark of the high calling. Because guess what? As a follower of Jesus Christ, opting out is not an option. And Hebrews 12, Hebrews 12 tells us in so many forms and facets, there are, it's such a beautiful passage of scripture. It is telling us that there are saints who have gone ahead of us, Pastor Moore, and they are cheering us on. They're cheering us on. So not only do you need the neighbors that are living and breathing around you and beside you and in your community, in your church, in your life, but I just want you to know 
that those who have gone ahead of you, people you know and even don't know, it says that there is a great cloud of witnesses and they are cheering you on. If you've never read that passage of scripture, I want you to, to, to read it this morning. I'll read it later this week. Um, it was just a few days ago that my family suffered a loss. And my uh, uncle, who has had such an amazing impact in my life, he went to be with Jesus. He graduated last Sunday afternoon on his favorite day of the week, Sunday. He was a retired Southern Baptist minister, and um, he led the way whenever it really wasn't cool or hip to do with, with women. He led the way in opening his platform and his pulpit for me many, many, 30-something uh, years ago. And he has always encouraged me. He, he has uh, encouraged me to press towards the mark of the hog calling, been a huge supporter of the call of God on my life to full-time ministry, and uh, was just with me just a few uh, months ago at my ordination um, back in May. And um, I, I didn't realize that it would be the last time that I really had opportunity to be able to share a meal with him and to take that last selfie with him. And so I think about that now. A week later, we celebrated his life in Alabama yesterday. And I, while it was, I was torn about not being with my family, um, just being with them on Saturday. I knew I was with another part of my family here. And, uh, and actually my uncle loved Monica. He would have said, he would have said, no, it's a no brainer. You have to go to Michigan. If, if I were to have to ask him, but I knew that there was no greater, no greater way to honor my uncle's life than being here. This weekend, I knew it from the bottom of my heart. And so I know in the band, if you guys want to come, if you guys want to go ahead and come, I know that he is a part of that great cloud of witnesses that is up there cheering me on. And here's my reality, Restoration Church, is I miss the mark more than I ever make the mark. I'm a broken, broken, broken person like many of you. I have a lot of broken areas of my life, but I am so thankful that Jesus Christ puts those pieces back together, that he doesn't count me out, that he counts me as his daughter and as his own. You know, Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, it's one of my favorite verses it says, not that I have already obtained all of this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. You see, I don't have it all figured out. I don't have it all. I don't, I, I, I really have, don't have it figured out like many of you. But what I want to do, I want to remain faithful, a faithful daughter of the local house that I'm a part of, of the local church, of the bride of Christ. One thing I do, Paul says here in verse 13, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press toward the goal 
to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So I know when there are days that are more struggle than others, when those seasons of, of but winds come through my life, Pastor Jamie, I know that when those seasons come through, I can think back on the promises of God in my life. I have a great cloud of witnesses that are cheering me on and I can press forward. It's a choice that I have every day. I can be bitter or better over every situation that's in my life. I can choose to be better and move forward or I can allow bitterness to take root in my heart and destroy me from the inside out. And Paul is telling us here in Philippians chapter three that you gotta forget what is happening behind you. And you have to stay focused, not allow the distractions around you to get you off course, but remain focused, moving forward in order to be found faithful. So living a life of faithfulness is gonna take work. Because serving Jesus is hard work. It is difficult because, (laughs) because what? Because we're human. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) That's the 99% aspect of why it's difficult. But you know what? Jesus was fully human. He was fully God and he was fully human. So he understands He knows. He gets it. He gets us. But living a life by faith. Look at your neighbor and say, by faith again. By faith. I want to leave you with this last scripture. And um, and just two things on a takeaway. As they prepare to sing goodness of God. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. So this is the the chapter before Hebrews 12. So this is your homework this week. Does Pastor Jamie ever give you homework? Okay, good. This is your homework this week. Read Hebrews 11 and read Hebrews 12. Hebrews 11 is called the Hall of Faith. I call it the Hall of Fame of Faith. (laughs) That's what I call it. And it has so many amazing stories. And if I had time this morning, I'd tell you how a hooker changed history. But I'm going to save that sermon for next time whenever I come back. How about that? Because guess what? Miss Rahab, she was in Hebrews chapter 11. It says that her faith was credited to her as righteousness. She was a hooker, gals. That's what she was. She was a, a, a madam. A madam of the time is what she was. And Hebrews chapter 11 goes through and gives us multiple by faith messages. It literally goes line by line by line. And most of those are men in Hebrews chapter 11. But there's two amazing women where their faith are credited to them as righteousness. And one was a prostitute and the other one was the mother of all nations, Sarah. Wow. Wow. I mean, seriously, look at your neighbor and say, wow. See, get, guess what? God gets us. He gets us. 
He knows our broken places and he just asks us to remain faithful. And because of Rahab's obedience, her faith was credited to her as righteousness. Hebrews 11:1 1 says this, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. I'm gonna read that one more time. Now faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance for what we do not see. When we think about faithfulness, I want you to think of these two things. At the end of the day, our faith boils down to this, the assurance and the confidence that we have in Jesus Christ. We must have assurance we must have assurance. Well, first, let me say this. We must have confidence in who he says he is. That means his character. Secondly, we must have assurance that he will do what he says he will do. And I promise you, if he says it, he's going to do it. So as we wrap up, as we wrap up and we're going to sing, we have to remind ourselves we have to remind ourselves that when the storm comes the butt winds amen the butt winds we're going to combat that we're going to deal with all those butt winds because you're going to face some butt winds this week with by faith by faith i have the confidence and the assurance in Jesus Christ. And I'm going to press towards that mark. I'm going to be faithful over fearful. I'm going to be faithful over famous. I'm going to be faithful over all my feelings because, oh, I got a lot of feelings, Restoration Church. I'm going to be faithful over famous any day. I want to be faithful over fake. I want to be found faithful because the faithful win. Amen.